Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Park in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 10, the Detroit Tigers 5. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And what did I tell you about Detroit's pitching? I told you that there's a good chance the Indians' offense is going to break out against them. And what did they do? They put up 10 runs on 8 hits. For Detroit, it's 5 runs on 9 hits. The win goes to Aaron Savali, and the loss goes to Ivan Nova. And as much as I want to talk about the game on the field, we do have to mention that there was some weird stuff before yesterday's game. So you know all the controversy going on with Zach Plesak and with Clevenger. And apparently they were they were activated off of the COVID list because they have both had negative tests, two negative tests. They showed up yesterday in Detroit with their baseball gear. And I guess they had a team meeting and had an open forum where they got to talk to their teammates. And then they were both sent to Lake County and like sent home from Detroit, which is weird that they would drive all the way out to Detroit for that like i if you want more details on this check out tom withers check out zach meisel check out mandy bell i'm sure the reporters that cover the team have really detailed stories about this it's just weird and then uh, you know from the comments from antonetti and from terry francona it sounds like they're still pretty mad at these two guys and pretty disappointed and uh let down and hurt by these two guys. So we'll we'll see how this progresses. It's so weird. And you know what? I wonder how much it's affecting the mood of the players because they were talking about it on the TV broadcast last night that uh, Francisco Lindor doesn't seem like he's smiling. These guys really, really seemed low energy last night. So who knows how much this is affecting the entire clubhouse. Lindor seemed low energy. I mean, Ramirez was hustling, but even the joy didn't seem to be there. Even after the win, when they were high-fiving, they were like hanging their heads. The joy just didn't seem to be there. Naquin, with his big triple, he didn't get throw up his bro sign. He didn't, you know, fist pump. He just kind of nodded to the dugout and shook the dirt off. And yeah, so... I don't know. If any, actually, I was kind of looking at Naquin as maybe the guy that can bring some joy back to this team. Because if you've heard any of the stuff where he's mic'd up, he seems like a pretty happy guy, a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. And uh, this team needs to find its – this sounds strange, but this team needs to find its smile. Like They need to start enjoying baseball again, or this season's not going to go well. Um But last night did go well. Ten runs, like I said. Uh, The scoring got started in the second, and this game was pretty much over by the top of the fourth inning. So let's take a look at how it went down. Let's talk about the game. Because let me tell you something. Five, six, and seven in our lineup did some serious damage. Famil Reyes, Naquin, and Domingo Santana all had three RBIs apiece. Nine RBIs coming from the five, six, seven hole. Let's go through it. Let's take a look at how it all went down. It sounded like from the beginning of this game that Aaron Savali's pitches weren't as sharp. 
as they usually are. Uh, they were talking about how his cutter seemed flat. They were talking about how his curveball he was leaving up. He was leaving a lot of pitches up. And the Tigers were able to do a little bit of damage early. Um, you know, they got a runner to second in the first, but nothing happened. And then at the top of the second, the Indians get the scoring going, however. Carlos Santana, guess what he did? Take a guess. He walked. Carlos Santana walks the lead off the inning, and then Fermil Reyes, I believe on an 0-2 count, takes a breaking ball right down the middle and launches it to deep, deep center field. He puts it up in like the second level of the shrubbery. I mean, he came within feet of kind of hitting it out of the ballpark. And what do we tell you? We looked at his spray chart. He will hit home runs all over, and he pulled that one just left of center field and really crushed it. So that was huge. Two runs to start the scoring. For the Indians to score first was really big, I think, tonight. Just to show that they can do it and remind themselves that they can jump on a team early. The uh, Tigers do answer in the bottom of the second, and this is what I'm talking about. They, they were hitting Savali hard. Like, even their outs were hard. So Candelario comes up and leads off the inning with a triple, and he hit it to deep center field. And if you know Detroit's ballpark, to the right of center, it gets really deep. It is a strange cut in that outfield wall. And that's exactly where Candelario put it. The Shields runs it down, but Candelario was hustling, makes a triple. And then Willie Castro comes up with a sack fly to Delino to Shields in center field, scores that run. But Savali ends the threat. But, I mean, even these these last outs, Austin Romine lines out sharply to Domingo Santana. They, they were sharp hits. Like, they were really squaring up the baseball in this second inning. And you, you were thinking, like, does Savali have it tonight? You know, how far can he get in this game? He was throwing a lot of pitches. And it sounded to me like it was going to be a short outing for Savali, just like it was a short outing for Carrasco earlier this week. In the bottom of the third, the uh, Tigers actually take the lead. Jacoby Jones doubles on a ground ball to Tyler Naquin. Nico Goodrum then comes up and crushes a ball to right center field. A no doubt about it. And it was looked like maybe a cutter. Uh, it was only 85 miles per hour, but it was, it was kind of right down the middle. There was not much break to the pitch. And Goodrum destroys it to center field, and he's dancing in the dugout, and the Tigers are up 3-2. to two. So like I said, you know, it was, uh, it was worrisome. And then somehow, Victor Reyes triples after that, triples into right, and uh, somehow Savali gets out of this, though. He gets Miguel Cabrera to ground out. Miguel Cabrera, we will talk about him in a second, did not do much tonight. He's not doing much on the season. He gets Jonathan Scope to pop out, and then he gets Candelario to strike out swinging. So even though Savali gets hit hard, right, he gives up a double, a homer, and a triple back-to-back-to-back, it actually only costs him two runs, and he's able to hold the Tigers in check, which sets up the top of the fourth. Now, if you're an Indians fan, this is what you've been waiting for. And there's a lot of interesting stuff that went down here. So Francisco Lindor singles on a ground ball to left field. Singles, I I don't even know if you could call it. I mean, it wasn't a swinging bunt. He bunted earlier in the game. In In the first, in the second inning, the Indians ended the inning with two outs, two out bunt attempts. 
first one was from Cisco Lindor. No, they were probably just trying to beat the shift. They were shifted hard against Lindor, and he probably figured, you know what, maybe I could just drop one down here and get something going. Manning on the TV broadcast was really giving him a hard time for bunting with two outs, but when they're, they're shifting so hard against you, I at least understand maybe what you're trying. And uh, it didn't work for Lindor in the first, and then Sandy Leon tried the same thing, and they shift hard against Sandy Leon too, tried the same thing, dropping a bunt down, and both times they got thrown out. So this time Francisco Lindor comes up, and he just takes a light swing and just pokes it out in the left field. Now that's how to beat the shift. Just just take a nice, easy swing, wait for an outside pitch, and just poke it in the left. Did not do too much with it. Gets a single. Guess what Carlos Santana did? Go ahead, take a guess. He walked. Of course he walked. Moves Francisco Lindor up. Vermeil Reyes comes up and smacks a line drive single right up the middle, right behind Nova's back. Francisco Lindor comes around to score. Carlos Santana stops at second. On a wild pitch, Carlos Santana and Vermeil Reyes move up to third and second. And then uh, Tyler Naquin reaches on a fielder's choice. So Tyler Naquin was batting behind Vermeil Reyes tonight and chopped one to first base. And what did Carlos Santana do? He hustled down the line. The throw came in a little high. Santana slid wide, got his hand in there. What did we talk about Carlos Santana? He's got a little bit of speed and quick bursts, right? If you need a quick burst from Carlos Santana, he's got it. He can get down that line. He can tag up. In this case, he beats out an infield hit. He beats out a fielder's choice, and he comes home and scores. So that's huge because that gave us the lead, right? Four to three. We answered back those two runs, and now we have a one-run lead. You're feeling pretty good, and then Domingo Santana comes up. Now, normally that sentence would end with a negative. This one ends with a positive. He crushes, skies a home run out to left field, hit it over the bullpen, which in Detroit is pretty hard to do. A three-run home run, and now this thing is busted wide open. And I'll, I'll give Domingo Santana credit on this one because this was not one of those meat pitches. Famille Reyes got a meat pitch to crush in, the, in that uh, second inning. This one was an inside fastball. It was probably off the plate. It might have been called a ball, but he got his hands through fast, and that's what it takes to hit on an inside pitch like that and to hit a home run on an inside pitch like that. And uh, he skied it, but man, does he have enough power and quick enough hands to hit that ball out to left field. So huge home run for Domingo Santana. Seven to three now, Indians. That, uh, after Delano DeShield's single, that pretty much knocks Nova out of the game. So after Delino DeShields singles, Cesar Hernandez comes up and singles. Delino DeShields can go all the way to third. He's got the speed to do it. And then uh, Jose Ramirez grounds out. To third base, it was kind of a chopper. He was charging in. His only play was really to first. So uh, stays out of the double play. Cesar Hernandez moves up to second, and Delino DeShield scores. So, you know, some small ball. After a big home run, after a big rally, there's still a little bit of small ball to get one more run across. Eight to three, and that's how the inning ends. And then after that, Savali actually kind of locked in. Uh, things get kind of calm. He starts to pick up some strikeouts. He strikes out, strikes out two guys in the fifth. 
And it wasn't a big strikeout day for Savali. He only ends with three strikeouts on the day. But he picks up two strikeouts in the fifth. The curveball was down to Jacoby Jones. And then he gets Miguel Cabrera with a high fastball. So the command seemed to start to come back. He was probably too many pitches into the game at this point. But the command did start to come back to Savali, which is good to see. He does get into some trouble in the bottom of the sixth. Candelario singles. Willie Castro singles. Runners at first and second. Cameron Maven grounds into a force out, but the runners move up. Well, Candelario moves up to third. Castro's out at second. Maven is safe at first. I believe that's the one where Cesar Hernandez lost the ball in the transfer. And then Austin Romine takes a pitch that was down on an 0-1 count, but uh, you know a pro hitting here. Takes a fastball that was down and just pokes it out in a right field. Goes opposite way with it. Candelario scores. They have a mound visit, and you kind of felt like that was the end for Savali, right? It was an 8-4 to four game. He had done his job. He got into the sixth, but they leave him in there, and he gets Jacoby Jones to ground out. So, you know, that's good to see that they trusted, they trusted Savali to finish that inning and get himself uh, six full innings pitched. And that will be his line on the day. Six innings, eight hits, four earned runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. So it was a battle. It was a bit of a battle, but hey, six strong innings, that's that's still a pretty good start. And uh, finally, the offense supported, you know, one of our starting pitchers so that they could give up a two-run home, home run and still get the win and still feel comfortable out there on the mound like they hadn't blown the game. So good job all around on that and uh, good start for Savali. The uh, Indians pick up more runs in the seventh. The uh, the Tigers bring in Kyle Funkhauser. And to tell you guys, I just started re-watching some episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And if you know Curb Your Enthusiasm, there is a character on there, Marty Funkhauser, maybe one of the most beloved characters on the show. So when I saw that the Tigers had a pitcher named Funkhauser, I could not believe it. Uh, yeah, I had a really good laugh about that. Uh, but Funkhauser did not pitch great. Uh, Jose Ramirez, the big funk, Jose Ramirez walked off him. Francisco Lindor grounds out, but Jose Ramirez moves up to second. Carlos Santana swung the bat. I saw some jokes on Twitter. What is Carlos Santana doing using his bat? He pops out. Fermil Reyes walks this time. So we got runners on first and second. And then Tyler Naquin comes up. And you know Tyler Naquin knows how to deliver some big hits in key situations. He lines a shot out into left center field. A good job of opposite field hitting from Tyler Naquin. And he's got the speed. It rattles around against the fence. He comes all the way around for a triple. Jose Ramirez and Famil Reyes score. And now this thing is definitely, definitely in the Indians' favor. 10-4 to 4 Cleveland. I love seeing Tyler Naquin get big hits. And... I really hope that he's the guy that brings the energy back to this team, that brings the joy back to this team. So we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see what kind of attitude. Now that, you know, the whole Clevenger and Plesak thing, they've been sent to Lake County. They, you know, because of the transaction rules, they have to stay down there for 10 days. So it's kind of a 10-day break for the Indians players on all this stuff. Unless they start making more Instagram videos, which you saw how well the first one went over. Personally, I wasn't super offended by it. But then again, I'm not a member of the media. Like I said, 
I don't have a press pass. I'm not one of these guys. The people with press passes seem pretty annoyed by it. But when your entire profession gets called evil, I guess that might be your reaction to that. So, I mean, anyways, we're talking about the game on the field here. The Indians did have a little bit more of a threat in the eighth. Sandy Leon walked with two outs. Jose Ramirez doubled. So it was nice to see Jose Ramirez get a hit in on the game, but Lindor did strike out to end that threat. And then in the bottom of the ninth, with the big 10-4 lead, Dominic Leone came in to pitch the ninth. He did give up a solo home run to Cameron Maben. I mean, the ball was just jumping last night. Those home runs from both teams were just crushed. There were no doubt about it from everybody up to bat. And Cameron Maben gets his. It's a line drive to center field, makes the game 10 to 5. You're not really worried. And then Dominic Leone settled in. He gets Austin Romine to ground out. He gets Joby, Jacoby Jones strikes out swinging, and he strikes out Nico Goodrum to end the game. So, you know, overall, like we said, it was a battle for Savali. Overall, the bullpen came in and really did their job to support him. Moving back to the box score, like I said, Savali did the six innings. Karinchek comes in. One inning, two strikeouts. Big job from Karinchek. You know how important he is to this bullpen. His ERA is still at 0.93, looking really good on the season. Cam Hill comes in. I'm pretty sure the last time he came in, he gave up a big inning. He pitches a scoreless inning. Nothing. No hits, no walks, no strikeouts. Just a nice, clean inning for Cam Hill. And then, like we said, Leon does give up that home run. Gives up one on run, but two strikeouts in his one inning. So three solid innings from our bullpen. Really great to see. Looking at the box score for the Indians batters, Cesar Hernandez only got on base once, but hey, uh, we got the job done. We supported him. I know we're always looking to see if Cesar Hernandez gets on base twice, right? That was his promise. I'm going to get on base twice every game. That's his goal. So we always keep an eye on that. And then it really comes down to Santana was 0 for 2 with two walks. Of course, he's only hitting 172, but he's up to 26 walks, and his on-base percentage is 429. He actually has a higher on-base percentage than he's ever had in his career with a lower batting average by a significant margin than he's ever had in his career. This is, this is crazy. Let's take a look at what his pace is right now. I think I did the math last night. If this were a 162-game season, he's on pace for 210 walks now. We will see how much that number fluctuates throughout these 60 games. But crazy, two more walks for Santana last night. And not only that, the walks turn into things. The walks turn into two runs. Because the guys hitting behind him, like we said, Famille Reyes, two hits, three runs scored, three RBIs. He also added a walk. Tyler Naquin with his big triple, three RBIs, and a run scored. And Domingo Santana, his big home run, three RBIs, and a run scored himself. So, definitely, that was the meat of the order last night. And with his uh, two big hits, with his three RBIs and three runs scored and a walk, I am definitely giving MVP for a day to Famille Reyes. He is driving this offense right now. He's got his average up to 304, his OPS up to 821. Do you even remember the last time an Indians player was hitting 300? I felt like even last season we couldn't get a guy over 300. 
So Fermil Reyes is doing the damage. He's doing the work. And so he gets MVP for a day. The Tigers had a pretty good hitting day, too. They had nine hits, but they was kind of spread out. Reyes had two hits. Candelario had two hits. Uh, the hitting was kind of spread out. Nothing from Miguel Cabrera. He's still hitting in that three hole, even though he's hitting 180 average. And they're pitching. Oh, boy. We put up eight runs on Nova in only three in a third inning. He only had one strikeout. And you know this Indians team can be struck out. So, yeah. We definitely, definitely got to Detroit's pitching last night. And we will see if it continues tomorrow. Because we talked about this on last episode. But Turnbull's pitching for the Tigers. He's 2-0 and on the season with a 2.00 ERA. And... He's a homegrown guy in the Detroit system. He was a second-round draft pick. He is 27 years old, so he, you know maybe a late bloomer, kind of like Clevenger was. And last season did not go well for him. Last season, he in 30 starts, his record was three and 17. That's rough to carry him with you. A three and 17 record with a 4.61 ERA. So I, you know, not a terrible ERA, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um, his whip was 1.44. So, yeah, you you can hit Turnbull. But this season, 2-0 and in three starts with a 2.00 ERA. In 18 innings pitched, he, uh, he has not given up a home run yet. And uh, his whip is down at one. So, you know, maybe he found something or maybe he's just waiting for the Indians offense to unload against him. Now, the Indians have uh, they got something they got to keep going because they've now won 18 straight games against the Tigers. And it sets the franchise record. And I believe it's tied with the Yankees also have 18 straight wins against the Orioles for the longest active streak. So we can take over the longest active streak if we win tonight. But we're going to have to face the Tigers' best pitcher. So we will see if this offense can keep it rolling. And we'll see. We got Shane Bieber going for the Tribe. So you know our side of the pitching is going to be handled. Now, Bieber has given up some runs in his last few starts. But he's still 3-0 with a 1.83 ERA. He is definitely still in Cy Young contention. He's definitely striking guys out at an insane rate. So we'll see how many strikeouts Shane Bieber can rack up tonight. And uh, let's see if he, we can just shut down this Tigers, you know. Feels a good night for a shutout. And then the Indians can put up some runs on Turnbull and get this streak up to 19 straight wins against the Tigers. And it feels good because the Tigers have been a thorn in the Indian side, you know, for a while. For a long time in the 2000s. The Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez teams definitely, definitely tortured the Indians in the 2000s. And we asked this poll question on Twitter. I say we, me. I asked this poll question on Twitter. I said, with the Detroit Tigers series about to start, who do you think is the biggest Cleveland Indians menace in the AL Central since it formed in 1994? And... You guys were right with your voting. It was a overwhelming majority of you said Miguel Cabrera. There were a few votes for Paul Canerco. But, you know, depending on what stats you look at, right, you can interpret this different ways. But we're over on Fangraphs, and I decided to look at weighted runs created. Runs created was a stat that was really designed to show 
everything that a player does to create runs on the field. So getting on base, getting hits, driving in runs, scoring runs, right? It kind of takes that all into account. And it's a really good measure of how much damage a player has done against the Indians. And Miguel Cabrera is way ahead of the pack. His WRC is at 156 weighted runs created. And that's an 857 at-bats. So definitely, this is... This is now I did all the data stuff on uh, fan graphs for you here. So this is a minimum of 250 plate appearances. This is only from AL Central opponents, White Sox, Kansas City, Minnesota, Detroit. I took the Milwaukee Brewers out. If you forget, the Milwaukee Brewers were actually in the AL Central when it first formed. So I took them out of the equation here because I think they went to the NL in 98. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of the... the um, parameters of what we're looking at here so minimum of 250 plate appearances because if you if you've had less than that then you can't really call yourself the thorn in the side maybe you had a couple of good seasons against us so miguel cabrera is leading that list at 156 weighted runs created joe mauer is actually next at 132 wrc paul canerico comes in third at 126 wrc and then it drops off alex gordon actually comes in fourth with kansas city royals with 92 Maglio Ordonez, you forget, he was on the White Sox for a while. Torrey Hunter, Billy Butler, Justin Morneau. Yeah, so uh, those are the guys that have been the thorn in the Indian side. If you if you actually change the some of the data here, if you look at OPS, it's actually Dimitri Young. Now, he only had 254 plate appearances here, so he just squeaks in. But uh, he hit a 998 OPS against us. So Miguel Cabrera actually comes in at second at 953. Jim Tomey with 337 plate appearances again against us comes in at 909. Eddie Rosario has a 904 OPS. So he's been a thorn in our side recently. Probably if I were to bring this, you know, instead of going all the way from 1994, if I were to bring this up to the 20 teens, Eddie Rosario would probably be pretty high on that list. Uh, the guy with the best batting average against us is Miguel Carrera, followed by Dimitri Young, Joe Maurer, and Jock Jones. So, yeah. So, those are the guys that have done the most damage against the Indians. Those are, I decided to go with menace. I don't know. What word do you want to call it? Uh, the biggest menace for the Indians has definitely been Miguel Cabrera. However, I think it's pretty safe to say that he is coming to the end of his career, right? He's still got a little bit of pop. He's still got a little bit of power. I believe he, I think yesterday we said he's got four home runs so far in the season. So there's a chance that he could still get a hold of one. You know, I, I would not take him lightly. Four home runs on the season, but it's definitely not the situation where, I mean, if you remember, you know, in the late 2000s, there were times where you were like, just walk him. Just, I don't care. There could be runners on first and second, and you'd be like, just walk them. He just, he crushed against us. So, we will see if Miguel Cabrera uh, wakes up against the Indians, if he can add one more run created to that total against the Indians and continue to lead as the biggest thorn in the Indian side in the AL Central for as long as he can keep his career going. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Detroit 
It's the Indians 10, the Detroit Tigers 5. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Shane Bieber, to talk about young Turnbull pitching for the Tigers. And hopefully we will not be talking about Plesak and Clevenger anymore, at least for 10 more days. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. If the game ends, if you've got some thoughts about it, just shoot me an email and we'll talk about it on the show. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what the fans out there are thinking about the baseball games being played. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. Come on, it's a podcast. It's an audio medium. So call in, leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air and we'll respond to your thoughts. We'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Morning.